what I was sharing last week, I just, I just want to encourage us, there's just so many things running through my head right now, but just, um, yes, things do run through my head. Um, just um, want us to be encouraged as to, as to why we, we gather, why we're together, why we're the church, what we're doing uh, together. Um, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. It's so, it's so God. Um, and that's why I just want to encourage you, attending church is not some just heavy burden thing. It's just, it's so awesome what God is building, developing, creating, uh, why he did it. And, and I do feel it's all tied up for me in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. So that, hence why last week I did share about the two trees. I do want to continue a little bit on that this morning. But I want to say one of the amazing things in the Bible is, is uh, when... Um, the early church was birthed. There were three things that they kind of, when they looked at the people, that's what they saw and what they declared. They were declared to be believers. They were declared to be Christians, and they were declared to be people of the way. Believers, Christians, and the way. So something about these people, this group of people, was saying they are Christians, Christ-like. They're a group of people that are Christ-like. They had just seen Jesus. He had walked on the earth. He had ministered and showed forth his nature, his character, who he was. Now there was a group of people that were being called Christians because they were Christ-like. And they were the people of the way. So there was a way. There was something that they could see that was a certain way, a way of life, a way of doing things that was Christ-like, and then they were called believers. So they were a group of people that believed in the way that was Christ-like. Isn't that good? So what are we doing? We're a group of people that are believers. They believe in a way that is Christ-like. So why do we gather together? We gather together to be more Christ-like so that we can demonstrate to each other and those around us and the society that we have been uh, put in to infiltrate that there is a way that is Christ-like. And we believe it. Amen. It's that simple. What I, uh, I want to kind of share a little bit on this morning is the truth. Um, the more I've studied about the two trees, the more I really do believe that the tree of life was the truth. And I do believe that uh, Adam and Eve knew nothing else except the truth. Just remember with Adam and Eve, we can just, it's, it's difficult to, to sometimes to picture this, but they didn't have a past. They were created, they were formed. Bing, I'm 27. Hello. <laughs> They didn't even know they were 27, actually. They just knew that, bing, I'm good. Well, maybe not 27. Maybe they were 19, 20, 21. Um, that's, I believe, you're all in heaven. That's around about the age, I think. <laughs> I was kind of at my best, I think. No, no. <laughs> so here they are. Boom. They're, they don't have a past. They have no idea of anything. Or all they know is Jesus. All they know is a relationship with God. No past, no future yet, just them. I want you to understand something. They, the natural tendency of Adam and Eve 
was a relationship. They had no past. So it lent itself to them communing and walking with God, Him speaking to them, and them just being obedient because they had no reference point. So just being obedient, life with God, and it was so good because you had life with truth. A God who doesn't lie. Can you understand when we say God is truth, it's not that he kind of knows right and wrong and he chooses, I know which one, okay, I'm going to say that because it's right and then it's truth. He is I am. He's not yesterday and he's not tomorrow. He's I am. He is now. He is outside of time. He doesn't relate with time, he is outside of time. Time relates with him. Because he's now, if God was standing here and said, that is blue, that would change to blue. Because he can't lie. See, if you understand this, you understand who you have inside of you and just who we are. When we, we relate to truth. So God is relating to Adam and Eve in the now. Relationally, he's speaking to them. And the whole point, as they relate relationally to him, is they're just being obedient. There's a relationship and there's obedience going on. Why am I telling you this? Because for some reason, and I believe it's got to do with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For some reason, it shifted. Right in the garden then. Because once man understood and now he was like God. Remember Galatians 3.22 tells us that God said it. Which just gives us an idea that the devil, the snake, the devil was not lying to Adam and Eve. He was telling them the truth. If they eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they will be like God. That's true because in Genesis 3.22, they already were like God. That's where the cleverness of the enemy comes in. But in 22, um, God actually says, the Trinity, speaking to one another, they say, they've eaten of that tree. They have now become like us. Lest we allow them to eat from the tree of life, and live forever, we're going to kick them out of the garden and not allow them to eat from that tree. God, the, the incredible love of God, if you understand that, the incredible love of God was to rather kick them out of the garden than, than for them to continue to eat of that tree. Why? Because if they ate of that tree, God said they would surely die. Why? Because they were not built to live forever eating from that tree because they were never going to be able to eat from that tree of right and wrong and still be righteous. This is an incredible story, friends, that you've probably read it once or twice in your life and you've thrown it out. Honestly, it is so the foundation for a Christian's life is listening and understanding what happened there. That God in his absolute mercy and grace kicked them out. The reality now, friends, is Jesus came back again to restore us back so that we can now partake of the tree of life. Not just partake of it, but he now lives inside of us. But sadly, we can still choose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The reality is with Adam and Eve is that Jesus had not come yet. 
So their Savior had not come. If they continued to eat from the tree of life, they would die. Eternally separated from God. We now have been born again and are totally reconnected back to God. But we can still live life eating from that tree. And when you eat from that tree, friends, you don't eat. You have a choice not to eat from relationship. See, Adam and Eve, they just walked in relationship. They didn't have any reference point. They walked in relationship. So what can happen now is you can get born again, come to church, be in church, and, and still be eating from the tree of good and evil, from right and wrong. What does that relate to, friends? What it means is you can be a Christian, know all the words, speak all the words, but not have any life. Not have any power. Not have any authority. Friends, and when we come together, when we minister together, you know what the reality is, friends? For the majority of people in the life of the church, not 24-7 other churches, majority of people, friends, find it very easy to regurgitate knowledge, what's right and wrong. So what people encounter is a right and a wrong from us instead of encountering a relationship with Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. So when people come, friends, uh, and I'm saying this very carefully, I want to say, why do I want to help them if all I know is right and wrong? The reason why I want to help them is because I am eating from the tree of life. I have a relationship with Holy Spirit. I want to give them Jesus. I don't want to give them right and wrong. There's the tree of right and wrong and there's the tree... Let's call it, forgive me, Lord, I'm not going to call Jesus a tree, but there's Jesus and there's right and wrong. If we can capture this, we can understand something of where the church sadly went wrong. And that's when religion came in, and religion came in and began to beat up the church on this right and wrong thing versus just eating with Jesus. And all God's asking us for, friends, is just to have a relationship with Him and just to uh, allow him to be part of our lives. And, uh, and as we're doing that, it actually now relates to obedience, not right and wrong. You know how you will deal with right and wrong? By just simply being obedient. That's how Adam and Eve did it. And we just don't have an external, we have an internal. That's why I want to challenge us, whatever. And then I thought, Rosemary, what she brought was a good word. So, Rosemary, don't hear me wrong on this one. Um, but often... Um, you hear people say, um, and I understand I preached this not that long ago, um, but I feel like the Lord is adjusting my theology often, um, is that we talk about how, you know, the heart of man is so evil. Who can, you know, really, it's so evil. But when I read the Word, the Word tells me that God gave me a new heart. So I can believe the stuff that's going on. Say, geez, have you seen that guy? He said he was saved. Check what he did. His heart is evil. Or I can believe the word of God, which is truth, and say, oh, the truth says that he's got a new heart. He just needs his brain to catch up with his reality <laughs> of what he actually, who he is. See, and that's the two trees, who you are and what you can be. So what the devil's got the church running around is trying to be something. This is what you can be. You can be a good church. 24-7 can be a good church. We can be a good church if we actually just 
did certain things and if we just uh, arrived at half past nine in our meetings and you know. <laughs> the reality is 24 7 is a good church why because it is the church because it is born again it has jesus christ inside of us and i just want to be obedient to whatever he's called me to do and that makes me a good guy See, that's why righteousness comes from that. Righteousness comes, does not come from right and wrong. It comes from Christ. He gave us a robe, right? Okay, that was for free. Now we're going to start the preach. No. Thank you. Sorry, babes. No. Just to make this a legitimate preach, if we just quickly go to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm, I'm just going to read something and then move on for it. It's my f- favorite chapter for about 18 months now, but um, because every chapter is really good. But I just want to read, just reading, say, from verse uh, 15. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 24-7 24-7 is about love lived out. We're about growing up and building ourselves up in love. And rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Uh, most people, because um, most of us, having grown up in the church, having been preached and taught a whole bunch of stuff, have learned to eat from both trees. We've learned to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So rather speaking the truth in love straight away, my default goes straight away to yes, speaking the truth. Yeah, I need to speak the truth about those people. So it's more about a character issue and a character flaw. So listen, I need to tell that. Speak the truth. Listen, buddy. You know what I mean? You are just this and that. But I will speak it in love because um, I'm a Christian. And, um, and so I'm going to try and say it in a nice way. What he's actually saying, there's nothing to do with that. Actually, what he's trying to tell you is uh, speaking the truth. Because we're supposed to be eating from the truth. We're supposed to be partaking from Christ. As we're eating from Christ, as we're walking in Christ, as we're walking in the truth, we speak the truth. The truth what? Not just the truth whether it's right or wrong. The truth about who He is. The truth about Christ. In love because we are in love. In love with Him. In love. He is become, He's inside of us. He is love. Right? So speaking the truth in love, we grow up. How does the church grow up? Eating from the tree and growing up in love. Amen? Um, uh, We grow up in every way into Him. We grow up into Him who is the head. So we still work in progress. We're maturing. But what's our aim? Our aim is to grow up into Him. Amen? So, just because something does not work the way you were praying does not mean it's not truth. I'll say that slowly. Just because... Something does not work the way you were praying. Does not mean it's not truth. Right? So here's my, catch this, this is your, for the day, key point. If you find it in Jesus' life, if you see it in Jesus' life, then you can see it in the Father. Jesus said, I do nothing other than what I hear or see my Father doing. 
If you can see it in Jesus' life, then you can see it in the Father's life, right? So how do we know the will of God? Through Jesus' life. Not very complicated, is it? I don't know the will of God. What, should he, what do you want me to do? Well, I just, do I know Jesus' life? What did he do? Right? So you take something you saw in Jesus' life and you pray, and it does not work out. Certainly the way that you saw it working in Jesus' life, right? My encouragement this morning is, don't change the truth. He's the truth. Don't let your experience or lack of experience change what he said and the truth. The truth must be locked in in our lives. The truth, friends, is irrefutable and it doesn't change. It's the truth. Right? We are growing up into him. We are growing up into him, into the truth. You with me? A lot of people are letting life define God. See, Jesus' life already did define God. So a lot of people living life, stuff is happening in their life, and they're letting that define God. When actually, Jesus' life already defined God. And that's the truth. And that's what's got to be irrefutable in my life, right? You don't define God the way life works out. You find God through His Son. When you see Him, you see the Father. What we do as believers, what we do as believers who are trying to believe... We create spiritual analogies to define the outcome and to define God in the process. Something happens in our lives. It's not, it doesn't line up all the way I saw Jesus doing it. So now I start to create a spiritual analogy of that outcome. That defines and helps me with what happened and helps me define God. Instead of just looking at the truth and believing it and growing. Saying, help me, Lord. See, we end up not knowing whether we're coming or going. Because we're letting life decide who God is in the moment. Instead of knowing Him. And the Bible says, get to know truth know him and he will set you free instead of in the moment trying to process an analogy trying to spiritually work this thing out and then it helps me to find God have you ever heard of people say this oh it must have been his time See, what that's doing is helping you get a spiritual analogy of what's happened 
and now you're defining God. Well, I prayed for him. I prayed for him. I did everything the Bible said I was supposed to do. I shunned died, whatever. I threw a bottle of oil over his head. I did everything, whatever, and the guy died. Now I've got to get a spiritual analogy for that because I'm confused. I don't understand that. And why? Because I'm hurt. And because I'm hurt, I've got to figure this out. So, well, no, it was, was his time. So I went back to my Bible and I started to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the life of Jesus. And it was amazing. A blind man came up to Jesus and Jesus said, okay, be healed. And the blind man wasn't healed. And he said, oh, don't worry, it's not your time. <laughs> Friends, we laugh because it sounds funny in Jesus' mouth, right? It should sound funny in our mouth. Because it's not the truth. It's what we're experiencing. And if we're experiencing it, it still doesn't make it the truth. And we are not to change the truth. It's just going through a season. He's just, he's just teaching you something. I saw that in my Bible as well. God came up to get healed from Jesus and he said, sorry. Sorry, God's just taking you through a season. You're not going to get healed right now, but wait. Why do we say these things? It's not coming out of Jesus' mouth. It mustn't come out of our mouths. Why? Because it's not truth. Yes, my experience is not lining up, but I'm not going to change truth to try and get a spiritual analogy for my experience. Making sense? You see, I think I shared this last week, I can't remember, but do we know that God is good? Because if we look at Moses, Exodus 33, Moses says, God, show me your glory. What's your glory? James talking about the glory of the Lord. It's, it's who he is. It's his character, it's nature. He says, show me your glory. God says, I'm going to let my goodness pass. You're not going to be able to see me. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock because if you see me, you're going to die. It's Old Testament, but... That was the reality, but what you're gonna, I'm gonna show you my goodness. Who's God? The character, the nature of his glory is he is good. Friends, that's truth. But are we gonna let life now begin to dictate to me and tell me and give me a spiritual analogy whether God's good or not? So when something happens in my life, I'm not sure if he's good. No, I know he's good. Because I'm feeding on truth, friends. I'm not feeding on the other tree, right and wrong. Well, that's what I think, and this is what was should have. This would have been right, and that happened. So, if 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 this had happened and it was right, then God would have been good. Sometimes we just need to stop. Stop trying to fill in the blanks. Just look at truth. Look at Jesus' life, and if Jesus walked into the room, and he did, did it, or did something, or said something, then that's what's truth, and that's what I want in my life. And I am still growing up into him. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm not there, but I want to be there. Teach me, show me, let me walk with you, let me eat from you, let me learn from you. Rather than me find an excuse... Find some spiritual theology which doesn't come from God. It's another God. 
that will help me because I'm hurt. See, the reason why we do it, church, God understands, but we still have to adjust, is that is because our negative experiences have a bite. They cause loss, they cause emotions, they cause feelings. And we take life really personally. I wish I could unpack that. Because I can see it's just sitting and it needs to drop that. We take life really personally. And don't hit me for saying this, but it shows that we're not dead. And we're not seeking first the kingdom. When the disciples asked Jesus why they could not heal the boy, it's Matthew 17, Jesus says, because of your unbelief. He didn't say because of your lack of faith. He said because of your unbelief. When you study that word, that Greek word there, it means you, your lack of seeing, your ability to see. See, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is single, the focus is right, the whole body, body is full of light. Psalm 119, I think it's verse 130, I think it is, it says, the entrance of your word brings light. This word is truth. You see, when we're eating from truth, it brings light. hope I'm not going too fast here. See, when, we, when, we, when we're hurting, when we've got loss, all we can see is the hurt and the loss. All you can see is a person who's in the hospital bed, who's battling, who's struggling, who's in pain. Then I'm not seeing right. I'm seeing what's in front of me. And then what I resort to is some formula or some magic thing that I can say in the name of Jesus to do something, whatever. Just praying, desperately saying I'm in faith, desperately believing that they're going to somehow get healed. But when I know truth, friends, I know who I am. Before that, I know who I am. I know who Jesus is. I know what I've been called to, and I know that I can come into an environment. Every single person that came up to Jesus for healing got healed. Because they came into an environment of truth, and truth will always set you free. And uh, sickness, disease, and infirmity is a lie. And so truth comes in and it will dispel the lie. So before I get into that seeing all that environment and all this stuff, whatever, I just know truth. I'm settled on that. I'm coming in authority of truth. Amen? Otherwise, we just are uh, reduced to quoting some scriptures. See, God wants us to walk in a revelation of who we are, eating from the right tree. Get to a place where I can see him. So that who he is becomes an expression of my life. See, when I see who he is, remember what I said in the very beginning, what are we actually doing here? We're gathering here because we want to be more Christ-like. We're Christians. We're believers. We're, we're people of the way. There's a certain way. Christ-likeness. We believe in him. So when we study his word, it's to become like him. For Christ to be formed in me. So Christ to be formed in me, I study what he did, and then I do that. Everything else is trying to eat from a wrong tree, right and wrong. Get you into a whole big... That's the Christians are floppy here, they never... Today, woo, I did it right. Woo, powerful. Bring the sick, I'm going to heal. 
tomorrow, oh, flip, I did it all wrong. Whatever, don't bring the sick, I'm hiding. I'm going, I'm staying in my house now. I can't pray for you. Because it's about right and wrong. And I, it's, sometimes I'm feeling like I'm a powerhouse. Sometimes I'm feeling like a fraud. No, I'm just coming to the truth. The truth tells me I've got Jesus inside of me. Whatever we ask in prayer, believing, it shall be done. The evidence of faith, friends, the evidence of faith is the mountain moving, not me speaking to the mountain. We shifted the goalpost. The evidence of faith in the church today is speaking to the mountains. Oh, Sunday, 14,000 people, let's speak to the mountain. The evidence of faith is that mountain moving, friends. Okay. The evidence of faith is not speaking to the mountain. I mean, no, I'm quoting a scripture. Matthew 11, 23. I don't know. Find it. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it's, it says, speak to the mountain. All right? And then the mountain will be removed. The evidence of our faith is the mountain moving, not me speaking to the mountain. See, what's right and wrong? Oh, you didn't speak to it, brother. Let me quote you a scripture. The right thing to do is you should have spoken to it. What you did is you just danced and went, oh, praise the Lord. No, the Bible says, speak to the mountain. No, see, friends, the reality is what's actually faith is when the mountain moves. And you know when the mountain moves? The mountain moves because of Jesus. See, the demons went, these guys I know. Sorry, who are you? You're speaking the same language, hearing the same stuff coming out your mouth, but I don't know who you are. See, the devil's not impressed. He comes and he goes, oh, that's another church speaking the same language. Yeah, doing the whole stuff. He's not intimidated by that. Oh, you can shout, man. Tell you what, let's have a prayer meeting. Let's raise the roof, man. Come on. The devil will be standing here as well. Woo, let's raise the roof. He's not intimidated by that, friends. He's intimidated by Christ. And when we've got Christ in us and we know who we are and we have that authority and that revelation, I'm eating from truth. Because Christ now told me who I am. See, that's why 2 Peter 1, chapter 1, where it talks about all the promises are so that we can be partakers of the, the divine nature. Not so that we can actually get rich or so that we can be famous or so that people can be impressed that I can quote 17 scriptures. Just 17, that's all. My, my accounting ability doesn't go beyond 17. That's what Connor will say. Everything's 17, Dad. Did you see that guy? He had so many demons, at least 17. I don't know why. I've got 17 in my head, so... I'm moving along, moving along. See, you guys are making me just go too long. Here now. <laughs> you see, Jesus is the truth, and we see the Father through Jesus. I had someone say this to me. They said to me, yes, 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 but we are not Jesus. And I want to tell you today, that is a statement of truth. We are not Jesus. But let me tell you some other statements of truth. He is in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the body of Christ. 
That means the embodiment of Christ. That means the embodiment of the anointing of the fullness of Christ. The fa- uh, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. If you have faith, say to the mountain, move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So we throw all the rest of the truth out because we're not Jesus. I want to tell you, Jesus was trying to explain to us that he came to model a life And he came to say to us, now I've come to dwell inside of you. And the same things that I did, you can do, and even greater. Well, that sounds like a scripture. Right? It's quiet here. We need to try, allow Holy Spirit to help us to grow, rather than defend our feelings. Because I understand we live in this world. I understand we have emotions and feelings. I understand that. And most of our emotions and feelings actually are fallen state. If you really understand, God did give you emotions and feelings. I get people coming to me all the time saying, but God gave me these emotions and these feelings, not those ones. They're normally in a fallen state. He gave you emotions and feelings. So God does understand this, friends. But we mustn't let our emotions and our feelings override truth. And the reason why we, always, we go after that, because of our emotions and feelings, there is hurt, friends. Every single one of us, I put, we're going to put a hand up here, have lost loved ones. Come on, we all have lost loved ones. The reality is every single one of us have not had every single prayer answered, right? That's our experience. That's our reality. These things are tough. We can understand that. But that's not truth. I hope I'm, anyway, Lord, help me. See, it's the anointing, it's the gospel that sets people free. It's why Jesus said, not Jesus, it's why Paul said, I have decided to do nothing except Christ and Him crucified. See, we just kind of, it's like weird, and, we, and our religious minds go, oh, nothing but Christ and crucified. Oh, that's like a small little book, it's probably three pages. Whatever. No, nothing but Christ. Christ what? Christ everything, who He is, His life, His nature, His character. That's all I want to know, because that's truth. Everything else trying to lie to me. I want to know Christ. And then why Him crucified? Because it's through His crucifixion that it's the finished work that I know the blood of Jesus redeemed me from the lies. I've got to know first and foremost that I'm redeemed from these lies. There's only one lie. He's the father of lies and He's going to be sent to the lake of fire one day. Right now, He's spreading a lot of lies. But I want to know truth so that it can set me free from those lies. Amen. See, it's the anointing of heaven that changes things, not whether you and I can relate. Shanda. (laughs) Amen? I get this all the time, friends. Oh, but you can't relate, brother. (laughs) Have you ever had this happen to you? Friends, it's not my ability to relate to you that will set you free. It's my ability of knowing truth. It's going to set you free. Friends, I saw Jesus. He said, listen, brother, you're an addict. <laughs> he went, he, he, every time I talk about Jesus, he goes American quickly. But <laughs> it's not an American. But <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus, an addict coming to Jesus and Jesus going, well, I've never been an addict. So I can't really relate to you. <laughs> I 
Come on, it's not about us relating, friends. You just don't know. You don't, you've never been through my situation. I know I haven't, but I know truth. But brother, you don't understand. I don't have to understand. I didn't know understanding is going to set you free. I just know truth is going to set you free. Should I keep going? <laughs> See, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. I'm going to finish up. From it. It's the anointing of heaven that changes things. It's, can I say this? I'm saying this very carefully because I could get in trouble here and it's not my heart. It's the anointing of heaven that changes things. It's not our counsel, really. It's you, through your relationship with Holy Spirit, discerning how to help a person that will set them free. And I'm careful how I say this because I don't, there's a dangerous, there's a lot of minefields in this one. So I believe in the counsel of, of God and the word. But um, the danger here is that if we drift too much into this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what I do leave with you is good counsel. It may even be biblical counsel, but it doesn't really set you free. So you've got a whole lot of, ooh, I'm going there. We've got a whole lot of inner healing courses where people go to it and they get counsel and they're hearing a bunch of stuff. And when they hear that bunch of stuff and they apply it, friends, it does kind of feel like they live in freedom. But actually it takes them into another bondage. The only way you truly get free is Jesus Christ. Friends, you and I have been given a completely new bloodline. I don't have that garbage in my bloodline anymore. I don't want someone to come and tell me, yeah, brother, it's in your bloodline. But I'll tell you what, if you do this and that, just pray this and do this and whatever. And, and I put my faith in that. And for a moment, I feel free. Wow, I feel free for that. But speak to those people years down the road and you find out, man, it came back, brother. It came back so powerfully. <laughs> I know why I'm going to America. Um, the reality is, friends, when Christ sets you, because whom the sun sets free is free. Indeed. I'm trying to tell us how we can be free indeed, right? Um, I'm not picking on any... Ooh, that was dangerous. Okay. Um, uh, it's, I'm just going to give you a couple of examples that will help you with your, with your heart. And just say this. Um, you have no authority over what you fear. That's why you need to know truth. Because when you know truth, you don't fear anything. See, because love casts out all fear. When I know God's good, and that's the truth, then it casts out all fear, friends. But I have no authority of what I fear. The beautiful example of this is uh, Israel and Goliath. And David. And he comes along. Oh, there's so much in that story that's just not just a little children's story. But... Goliath was defeated. He was defeated, and he was defeated right from the beginning, from the word go, friends. But Israel were afraid, and they were processing it with their mind. And so for 40 days, he stood there declaring something that wasn't true, and they were scared, and they bowed and, and cowered to Allah. And along comes a whippersnapper called David. 
He's the guy that just got born again last week in your church. And he comes along and he looks whatever and he says, what's going on here? Oh no, this guy's got a gammy knee. And he goes, well, I read this week, it says lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Gammy knee, be gone in Jesus' name. Boom! Hold on a minute. Along comes David's brothers. Hold on a minute. I'm a bit angry yeah? you arrogant little so-and-so. What happens in the church? Because some little whippersnapper didn't have a whole history of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like he didn't even know whether he was doing right or wrong. He just knows the word and learns to obey truth and to be obedient to truth. But it's kind of give him some time in the church and he will adjust. No, don't let him adjust. Keep him away from the church. No. You see, we are trying to make intellectual sense of natural facts and missing spiritual truths. We are trying to make intellectual sense of natural facts. How many know that Goliath naturally is a big dude? And naturally, I'm, the fact is, whoa, that oak is 13 foot. That oak's got a sword that I can't even carry. It's massive. One swing of that thing and I am... But truth is what David walked, rocked up with and said, hold on, who, uh, sorry, who's this guy messing around with us? He's an uncircumcised Philistine. This guy's not even born again. And he's wanting to declare something to me. Hold on a minute. Let, can, no, no, just pipe down, buddy. Yes, you just sit down there. We just, this guy's serious. Whatever. No, shush. Hey, has, has, did anyone notice? I don't know. Did you guys not see? There's a big guy out there. And he's saying some garbage, lies. Every single person in that army could have defeated Goliath. Every single one of them. It didn't take, it takes a man who's been in the desert. He's been playing his harp for God. No, it doesn't, friends. It takes somebody to believe truth. Anyway, I'm landing. I'm landing, I promise. What happens if we... When we, what happens very quickly? When we, when we don't do this thing well? What happens when we don't do this thing well? What happens? You see, faith is we believe something regardless, whether we see it or not, right? What happens when we don't do this? We turn faith into a point in time. It's a hit and miss. It's a win or lose. We're supposed to position our hearts to receive because it's truth, but now nah, it's a hit and miss thing. It's I did this, whatever, and that, and didn't work so what do we do i'll take another shot at it oh that didn't work i'll take a third shot strike one strike two strike three you're out right then when we strike three it's out we've got to make the adjustments now because it didn't work when faith actually friends is believing truth and truth never changes and i will continue to believe and i'll position my heart to walk in that truth and i will let god do whatever he needs to do so that i can grow up in truth into him amen so that's what happens. See, faith is not a method we are applying. It's a life we live. See, you don't find spiritual truths through outcomes. You find it through Jesus. I'm going to land because now I'm going to get into something else very big. But So I want to encourage us here today. I want you to know something that we as a church, we just want to be like Jesus. We just want Christ formed in us. We want to be a community of believers. People can look and go, those guys are Christians. And they were. If we just said, those guys are very Christ-like. 
And those guys are following that. You know, that, that's the way that they go. They go this whole Jesus thing and fully, they sold out for him. And I'm telling you what, those guys believe it. They don't have a shot at something. Let's take a shot. No, they just believe it. It's not a, they don't try. This is who they are. This isn't a method. This isn't a magic wand that they just wave in the magic abracadabra word. They actually live this. That's what we want to be as a church, a bunch of believers that just believe this, that are walking in this. Christ is being formed in us. We're loving one another, and we are putting Christ on display. Amen. I end, and I'm going to pray over us, just to say this. I was reading the word the other day, and I've been trying to say, Lord, change my Lord, change my lenses so that I can, I'm not looking at things that are right and wrong, but I'm looking at you, trying to feed off you. And I, I just came across, uh, the, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And my lens straight away was, yeah, you know, I, I, cringe, I cringe when people just use the Lord's name in vain. Particularly in movies and just, it just I just cringe. And, I, and you should cringe. He is our Savior and our Lord. He's our friend. But I felt like Holy Spirit say to me, yeah, you know what, it's, it isn't good when we use the Lord's name in vain. I said, it isn't good when you use the Lord's name in vain, Ron. It's like, I do not. <laughs> and then he said, well, why don't you look up and study using the Lord's name in vain? And it means without effect or power. Or... Suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, hold on a minute, yeah. I'm going back into my hole. I, do, I, I don't, <laughs> I f just forget what I was talking about, those guys. Right and wrong stuff. No, this tree here, truth, friends, truth hits you right between the eyes, makes you <laughs> make an adjustment. And the reality was I looked there and I thought, wow. If Jesus came into the room, if his name is above every single other name. If every name will bow to the name of Jesus, and I'm using that name, friends, when people come and stand before Jesus, if that thing changes, then if I use his name, it should also change. So I want to encourage us as a church, we're not there, I'm not there, but man, I'm hungry for this. I'm hungry to be real. I'm hungry to not say a whole bunch of stuff. I don't just want to preach sermons anymore. I don't want you to hear sermons of what I've studied. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear my relationship. I want you to see my heart and see my relationship. Jesus walked around and said, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. My heart is, I may not be Paul, but I want to be a life that will help you follow Christ. <laughs> I don't want to be a stumbling block to you following Christ. I want to be a help. Amen. Shall we stand? So my heart is not, can I encourage the church? My heart is not to be the guy who stands up here and does some of the preaching and, does, and lays hands on the sick and, and does all of that. My heart is to gather together a group of believers that can do that. My heart is to gather a group of believers that every single Sunday can carry what God wants to do in that Sunday. And that's not just, hey, I've got a gift of, of teaching, so I also want to teach. I'm talking about carrying the meeting. I'm talking about laying hands on the sick. I'm talking about ministering. I'm talking about 
being the life of Christ in this place. So we, my journey is we pull all, all of us through this process where it doesn't matter. It can be tag, you're it today. Jen, you're it. Next week, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then she can go, absolutely, I'm ready in season and out of season. i got Jesus. Amen? Because he's not selective, friends. We're not looking for, oh, I think there's a David. I can see him there. Yes, and whatever. No, I, honestly, we all called to be Christ. Amen? So we can all do this thing. We can do it together. Not just a bunch of, of hand-picked guys who can speak well. Amen? I want a guys who can lay hands and release the presence of the Lord. So we're going to just pray this morning, and, and if, you, if you're here and you have any sickness, disease, or infirmity in your body, then please come to the front. I've got fired up individuals. Grant is like so ready to lay hands. He's like saying, come on, please, like somebody. If you've got a little itch or a little uh, a pimple, he'll pray for you, I promise. Um, but we've got guys who are full of faith who want to just pray and just believe God because they believe in truth. Yeah. Amen. And uh, friends, we're all at different places. Some of us have got great, incredible revelation. We are walking in truth in that area, but maybe not in other areas. Other people have got revelation in those areas. They're walking in truth. I understand all of that. We're on this journey. It's beautiful. And you grab hold of those people like what I want to do on the 16th with love. Some people have got incredible revelation of the love of God. And I want them to just share with us because it's different aspects. I've got some aspects, but others I don't fully understand because of maybe what I have journeyed and I've allowed some things to talk to me in that area. But listening to truth, it's, oh, the truth, just, just knowing it. It's why in the Bible it talks about abiding, by the way. If you can understand, if you can walk the journey of abiding, abiding, it's a beautiful word, study it, beautiful word, study on abiding. When you abide, when you're eating from that, whoo. So I'm going to just pray, but if any of you are needing um, prayer for, and there's challenges or difficulties in your life, you also want prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. Not because it's prayer, but because I'm declaring and speaking truth. I'm talking true truth. I'm speaking truth. And I know that it has to bow because it bowed to truth 2,000 years ago. So if it bowed to him, it can bow to me because he's inside of me. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling inside of me and you. So, Father, I just thank you for every single person here this morning. I've said a lot. Some of it right, some of it might be wrong. I don't really care whether it was right and wrong, Father. I just care about whether it was truth. I pray today, Lord God, that the truth would be embraced. That that seed of truth would come into our lives and be planted this morning. And that the truth would set us free. Coming to a gathering like this and a meeting place, the truth is, friends, it is vital to our well-being. It's not just a nice thing to do, and if I've got time, friends, it is vital. Why? Because it's where truth is declared and spoken, where I can allow and encounter truth, where I can encounter Jesus. It's why we do praise and worship, because we love Him, and as we love Him and encounter Him, He speaks truth back to us. I love what Connor was sharing this morning. Praise and worship is not just a one way. It's, a, it's both. It's a dialogue. It's, it's us speaking to him, him speaking to us. It's beautiful. It's heaven, encountering heaven. It's encountering truth. The manifest presence of truth, Jesus. So I pray today, Lord God, that you would help every single one of us, Lord, as we go out this week. Just help us, Lord God, where we've allowed maybe emotions and feelings to dictate to us. Or maybe 
to speak to us louder than truth. Maybe where we've just allowed life, Lord God, to determine our theology, the way we think about you. I pray that this week, Lord God, I want to just encourage the church and just pray. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are not beginner's books. They're not just a nice thing to read when you first get saved. They are beautiful books to soak yourself in the life of Christ and who he is. That, Lord, I pray that this week we would demonstrate who you are and your life in every single circumstance. Father, and where we might, the thing might not work out the way we thought it would, we would just be a people that would be humble. Not try and change the truth, but just come back to you and ask you to help us, Lord. Mature us and grow us up, Lord God, so that we can speak and it will obey. In Jesus' name. Bless your people. Love them, Father. Love this family. Uh, Just thank you, Lord God, for this group of people that we are changing to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen.